Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern that was responsible for Ishtar, codename <laughs> Legion Cub. <laughs> Tune in a few weeks from now for Ishtar to return as part of our newest segment. <laughs> Which, by the way... I am super stoked about. We've got a brand new segment that we are launching with this episode. Uh, if you are watching us on audiblearmy.com, then you will see us discuss this segment. But if you're just hearing the audio, then that's okay too. But I'm, I could not be more excited uh, about this new concept we're introducing. And I do believe we are going to bring a live version of it to Toylanta. Mm-hmm. That's right. We will be appearing at. Oh man, I forgot to add my slideshow because we're not live, pal. Oh, we don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> I forgot to add my uh, slideshow, but that's okay because we can talk about appearing at Toylanta on March the twenty third at twelve thirty p.m. We will be recording an episode of Audible Interlude live and you know how we do uh we like our what is going on with my slides uh well like our interaction with the audience we don't just go in there and um my slides are gone we don't do slides at cons folks so you will not <laughs> no, don't. have to experience this this is <laughs> yeah. where we do audience right? participation <laughs> <laughs> technology yeah let me try this one more time uh oh i know exactly what happened i secretly replaced their computers with trs 80s yeah cobra intern could you uh (laughs) give us a hand with this please see now that i've chosen the wrong google id it won't let me go back this is annoying Go go incognito right all right. Well, anyway, Toy- commando. I mean, you can do that all you want at home. <laughs> not, not when we're at a convention. Toylanta. Mar- I'm sitting here struggling to get slides for something that most people are only going to get the audio of. Um, Toylanta, March 23rd, 1230 p.m. Uh, in Peachtree Corners at the Hilton. Go to toylanta.com to find out more. But we will be there live. We'll be walking around. And we will have, uh, for more visuals for your audio enjoyment, the brand new Audible Interlude Podcast Hats Version 2, designed by Slickalicious. Uh, as you can see, a little, a little nicer than the old hat. A little brighter, a little more dynamic. Great looking logo. All you audio people, as you can see. <laughs> yes. For the hats. Yes. Well, everybody's watching this on AudibleArmy.com. They're all signing up because right. it's only... A dollar ninety nine a month for all kinds of specials, like seeing the audio version or the video version of this audio podcast, uh, early and ad free versions of all audio episodes, lots of extras. Uh, last week, AudibleArmy.com got early reviews of the 60th anniversary Action Sailor, and you guys, I broke down and I bought Nunchuck. Oh, oh, I missed that. I was sitting around watching Miami Connection the other night, and 
the movie opens up with all these ninjas. And I was like, what am I doing? There's a camouflage ninja figure available right now. In 1985, I would have lost my mind over a camouflage ninja. And I decided, how do I not own this? I ordered it. And then about 15 minutes later, uh, I had been watching Miami Connection for 15 minutes. And I thought, maybe ninjas aren't so cool after all. <laughs> but I left my order in. And uh, I will say, it's a great figure. The nunchucks are still whack. but So, about that. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, I was watching a... Uh, customizer on YouTube that fixed the nunchucks uh, using black wire, sort of like how NECA did the Phantom's whip. and right, Or the Ninja Turtle nunchucks. Yeah. And the movie so Turtles. When I saw being able to pose those nunchucks along with the action poses that he was in, I was like, hmm... That is a huge improvement, and I might just have to break down and get one eventually. It's a really good figure. Um, I just, looking at the pictures, it wasn't super exciting. But I got to say, getting it in hand, looking at it, and well, and another problem is on the front of the package, his knees aren't painted. He's got all the cool camouflage, and then he's got olive drab knees, and it's kind of lame. Huh. But the actual figure has the camo painted on his knees. Oh. So that's a big deal and made a huge difference in my perception of the figure. And that was, I think that really was part of it is the presentation from the renders to the, the action shots, just something about the way Hasbro presented the figure to us just didn't excite me. And I think I, I, we all three were kind of like, eh. Mm -hmm. But having it in hand, it's a, it's a freaking camouflage ninja. It's a delight <laughs> for everyone around the world. Uh, all right. So follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on X at G.I. Joe Audible. And to return... <laughs> Now, uh, if you're watching at audiblearmy.com, the slideshow is finally in full effect. Uh, Patreon, $1.99 a month. There is only one tier. You can get my show notes before each episode is released, early and ad-free access to all audio episodes, exclusive video access to recordings of audio episodes like the one you're listening to right now. Early access to all G.I. Joe reviews on the Needless Things YouTube channel. The opportunity to vote on content for the show, which uh, was done for one of our segments this week. And early access to Audible Interlude merch. These hats went up for sale uh, a day early on audibleinterlude.com. And you can get yours at Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram. Uh, and you also get exclusive reviews, unboxings, and more. I've been opening up GI, uh, Vintage Joe stuff. Any purchases I get from eBay or whatever, I'll sit down and I'll talk about those. Uh, so tons and tons of content for $1.99 every month. Be a part of AudibleArmy.com. Uh, there's the Toylanta picture. Look at that. 23rd of March, 1230 p.m. We will be there live. We will have prizes. There will be games. We will need your input for our live 
episode. It is an experience like no other. All right, guys. Uh, we got a, a little a little dollop of news. Oh, and our next live stream is going to be February 19th. So join us on the Needless Things YouTube channel February 19th for a live stream. Uh, so, okay. So now we've got some news. Are you guys ready to talk? Uh, about sure. News? Sure. But are we not? Our, our little tiny dab of so, news. So first of all, uh, these, these images popped up uh, on Facebook from some random person somewhere in the world. We, we don't know where they came from. <laughs> all we know is, why is it anytime images like this show up, they look terrible? <laughs> there are tribes people in South America who are so remote that they haven't even heard about the birth of Christ, and they've got Samsung X20 phones <laughs> that take beautiful pictures. <laughs> Meanwhile, whoever this person is in this industrialized part of the world apparently has a Nokia 2. <laughs> it's well, a... That's, the, that's the name of the bird included, right? The Nokia 2? <laughs> It's it's the russet camera special, you know, as we all take pictures yes, of potatoes. Yes. This is a horrible, horrible images, and they always are. Get these get these uh, bootleggers and thieves some decent phones, please. Go steal steal some phones next time. It's kind of like the boomer memes. It like they took a picture of their computer screen and then right. scanned it, printed it out, <laughs> scanned it. <laughs> But anyway, uh, the first thing we've got here is a Mad Marauders. I still hate that name. Mad Marauders 2-pack. Although I get it. I understand. You don't want to put slaughter on it because that, that involves money. Uh, low Light, Spirit Iron Knife, and Neol, which is apparently Navajo for wind. Mm, not freedom. I Yeah, which is actually something I like it. Yeah. To mm -hmm. me, that's a selling point. And it doesn't look, it looks like he may be, is he supposed to be an eagle? Like a black eagle, or is he like a raven? I, I don't think know, a I don't black know. He's differently eagle. colored. I mean, to be honest, like, as bad as this picture is, it could be a Volkswagen bug for all I know. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, when, like a... when I first saw it, I actually thought it was Night Force until. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, no, that's Marauders. Okay. Well, and those, those browns are are pretty dark i'm i'm hoping maybe they'll be a little more saturated like when we see the real thing and some decent pictures but overall i like what they've done with the marauders color scheme here rather than looking like somebody like just egg that was dipped three yes. times yes <laughs> yes they actually kind of assigned the colors to different areas uh, i i think these two look pretty good they do. Uh, I like the difference in accessories. You'll notice they've got different backpacks here. Uh, just switching things up. I think it's cool. And the, and the good thing about doing stuff like that is if you want to give that, you, you've got an extra new backpack. Like if you want to give it to somebody else, then there, there are options with these multi-packs. Because obviously neither one of these guys needs a backpack. Mm -hmm. And further proof that... Lenny and Emily listen to our show because look what's front and center. I mean, dead center of that package. That's right. That tactical <laughs> shovel, baby. That tactical shovel. They knew that we're going to now hear that's and the selling point. Yes, that's the selling point. And I'm going to figure out how to just make copies of that thing. And we'll get, we'll do giveaways. I'm not going to try and sell them. 
But uh, I'm going to make copies of that and put our little logo on it. That's that's the problem I've got right now. So I have, I'm not going to show it here. We'll wait for the live stream next week. I have the tactical shovel prototype, but I cannot figure out how to get the logo printed on it. So maybe uh, one of the viewers slash listeners, members of the Audible Army can help us out with that because it's driving me nuts, you guys. The shovel I got is perfect. I've just got to figure out how to get the logo on it. Uh, so it's a cool two-pack. I'm happy with it. Uh, and then part deux of the news, the maddest of the Marauders <laughs> himself, Sergeant Slaughter, who, well... Looks like he's wearing, like, <clears throat> little booty shorts. <laughs> it's an odd look. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> this is not a better application of the colors. No, the original, the original Marauder Slaughter, I'm not crazy about the colors, but at least the palette the way that they were laid out kind of made sense yeah weird it looks like he's got little little coach shorts on over like sweatpants (laughs) oh my god if that is the case those are absolutely 1970s threes company (laughs) yeah shorty short like (laughs) instead of coming with mini uh slaughter he should have come with roller skates (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but any... i have a question okay because again the graininess of the photo along with the glare are those big boas boxing gloves yes they are yes they him? are yes mm-hmm. that is pretty awesome and cool. big boas uh dumbbell mm-hmm. oh yeah so here's my plan for this slaughter uh i am gonna get it I am going to buy an extra Namor figure and I'm going to put the Namor legs on Slaughter. (laughs) 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 And we're just going to see what we get. (laughs) Obviously, it will look like he's skipping leg day, but I'm going (laughs) to I'm going to put those Namor legs (laughs) on the shorts. I'm going to put the boots on the bottom of the Namor legs. And we are going to have what the kids call a Luke. <laughs> uh, so I I don't know. The slaughter is a little questionable, but yeah, I when you like look at the too. the paint scheme on the original, where he's it look, he just has like the band of the lighter green is kind of a stripe around the lower part of his. Well, they should have just they should have just made it the knee pads or something. <laughs> Well, and the knee pads are just like they're, they're just floating. They're very small, and they're like they're just like stuck on to his legs. Yeah, they kind of look a little weird. Like they should all be the same color. They, they, in in my opinion, they should have done the pants all brown and done and made the knee part the green mm-hmm. and call it a day. Who would have thought they would find a way to make someone look worse? than Mad Marauder's barbecue. (laughs) Because this Uh, honestly is it. And it really is just from the waist down. They screwed the pooch on this one. Well, Well, at least barbecue's going to have company finally. He's been hanging out for like a year and a half waiting for more Marauders. I I also, well, that's why he's he's the sad Marauder because he's so (laughs) lonely. Uh, I also don't understand why they put the minifig in with this one. Well, yeah. I mean, I do. It's so they can charge more for it, but it's just uh, that's not the best decision. And ever. it does. It's not it even like repainted. It's, 
Yeah, it's not. It's not repainted. That's it's what I was saying. The exact same was, one. If it was repainted, that might be a selling point. Unless this is, which I don't think this is the case, but unless this is like a packaging sample, and they threw that in there because, but I, I doubt it. I doubt it because the the plastic tray. What would go there instead? Because it's pretty. Well, no, much it would open. be. It would be the. A, a Marauder's version oh, of the figure, but I don't see, think they're doing that. I feel like that just... I don't know. I wonder was, if they just was, produced too many of those little tiny action mm, figures on the cards and decided they just need to throw them in as extras. That's uh, entirely possible, because <laughs> I do believe they produced too many slaughters in the first place. Yeah. And this is Rank and File Card. We have been going back through the history of the G.I. Joe file cards and looking at every single one of them, uh, which, by the way, the every single one of them is going to end soon. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and say that right now. So I sent my dad the next batch of file cards, and I realized the Grand Slam Laser Jetpack Trooper was in there. And it's the exact same file card as Grand Slam, as is Grunt, as is the Viper Pilot, or as is the Falcon Pilot, as is the Viper Pilot. So, I mean, we're going to skip duplicates. Yeah, Clutch will be the same way. Mm -hmm. So when we get to, if it's a duplicate, we're not going to cover it again. But we will check to see if there's any differing information and we'll note it somewhere uh as in yeah, grand slams file card is exactly the same except it mentions he's qualified on the jump jet pack that's the <laughs> only difference between the original and the 1983 version uh but today we're not talking about any of those today we were talking about somebody new who is relevant because i just reviewed his super seven ultimate and you can find that review on the needless things youtube channel today we are taking a look at our medic one of my favorite Joes, Doc. Noel, you want to walk us through Doc's file card? Sure. So we have our medic, whose code name is Doc. His file name is Carl W. Greer. And his uh, serial number is Romeo Alpha 36722109 which as we've discussed before, if there's different versions of these characters later on, we'll, we'll check, but... Is this? I think he's the only version of Doc that was ever released in the original line, so I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Primary military specialty is medical doctor. Uh, his secondary medical, military specialist is chaplain's assistant. That was easy for me to say. Birthplace <laughs> is Concord, Massachusetts, and his grade is O3 Captain. Okay, now I've uh, got to ask you about your pronunciation there. Is that correct? It is not uh, Concord. I believe so. There's there's Concord, New Hampshire, and there's Concord, Massachusetts. I may have gotten them back uh, mixed up, but people are very uh, adamant that you pronounce their city the right way. Right, right, sure. There, people that are from there, I'm sure it is very important to them. Which one do the grapes come from? <laughs> I want to say, uh, I think it's. I think that comes from. Uh, from from the land days. of Welches. 
<laughs> no, Concord grapes. That's a thing. Yes, but I think that's yeah, I think that Concord goes back further goes. than 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 the U.S. Oh, is uh, it name of Concord? I oh, think man. Well, I we're gonna have to we're gonna have to educate the people now because I need All to right. know origin Concord of Concord grapes. grapes. Who who would have thought? The Concord grape is a cultivar derived from the grape species Vitus Labrusca that are used as table grapes, wine grapes, and juice grapes. Concord, Massachusetts. Look at that. Yep, look at that. The grape is named after the town in Massachusetts where it was developed, which is... Now, it would seem to be Concord. I have always heard Concord grapes, but we are from Georgia. And we don't know how these northern things are pronounced. It could be Concord grapes. We have a city here called Monroe, but the people there say Monroe. So yes, who knows? absolutely. <laughs> Christian, you you have a uh, a wider range than Nolan. I do. Is it Concord or Concord? I would have said Concord. Well, there we go. I think we're going to call that a consensus. He is from Concord, Massachusetts, and we have educated the Audible Army today. Thank you, Noel. <laughs> All right. So, graduated from Harvard Medical School, completed a residency at Johns Hopkins, hoped for a guarantee of a G.I. Joe assignment upon enlistment, which is pretty interesting there. That, uh, we're actually referring to him looking to join G.I. Joe. Well, uh, and also making, making it a... Uh, an aspirational thing. Yes. I have uh, Well, at this point, you know, G.I. Joe, we've been around for a year. So now it's, you know, new people that are coming on. They've got something to aspire to. Uh, told flatly the, uh, that the army made no such deals. Which, huh. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Doc, you're going to have to work for it. Doc enlisted <laughs> anyway and achieved his goal through ordinary channels. Graduated airborne school, mountaineering school, and desert training unit. That's very interesting. And of course, we have our uh, last part here. Um, but this is a little different because it actually does not have just a quote from, as we presume, General Hawk and the other ones. This one actually has a quote from, or a thought from Doc. Um, so, an avowed pacifist, Doc believes that the G.I. Joe team is the best we have. We send them into the worst situations imaginable because that's where they need them. Or that's where we need them the most. When the going gets rough, they need something more than a pill roller. I'm their main man. So, based off of all the other file cards we've had that have kind of showed that the Joes would have been screw-ups or getting in trouble a lot... Uh, his secondary specialty of being the chaplain's assistant tied, tied in with his wanting to be part of G.I. Joe. He and it sort of now fits with my version with how I see him in the cartoon. He wanted to go in there and straighten them up. Yes. He, yes. he felt like he had a lot to offer the Joe team, not just in terms of medical ability, but they need a guy like me. <laughs> exactly. And of course, this does, uh, as, as, as many people in the G.I. Joe community like to point out that it's, it's you know, the lifeline. They, a lot of people don't like lifeline because of the fact that he's a pacifist. 
but a lot of them also love Doc, who is explicitly a pacifist. Right. Lifeline is not on his file card, which we'll eventually get to. But uh, yeah, it is explicit on his file card that he is a pacifist. Well, and what's funny about that is is a lot of the people that don't like Lifeline for being a pacifist are also not fans of Sunbow. Whereas pretty much everybody agrees the file cards, whether you like Sunbow, whether you like Marvel Comics, whatever, the file cards are the file cards. They, at the end of the day, they are the source of information for G.I. Joe. But that, why that I don't it... think anybody, nobody, nobody looks at a file card and says, well, I don't like the file cards. <laughs> and why would anyone think that a person in the medical profession whose job is to save lives would not be a pacifist right right yeah i mean well, i mean it goes back to i mean and he and lifeline both but... and he and lifeline both i'm sure uh there was some inspiration from desmond das um who of course if you've ever seen the movie hacksaw ridge that's who that's who that movie was based on who was a very famous uh field medic who was an avowed pacifist won the presidential medal of freedom as a conscientious objector so that was like the first and only time that's ever happened so it's it's i always liked having those aspects of these characters um you know somebody who is a little different who does have a little bit mm -hmm. of different attitude and as we go back and read this he is doc is kind of like our um He's he's kind of like our Mary Sue thus far, because there's nothing nothing bad about him on this file card. He's not a screw up in any yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is an, another more detailed. There's more personality in this card than there is in some of the others. Like you can tell that Larry Hama kind of put a little bit extra on this one. Mm -hmm. Now let's see. What Lieutenant Colonel Mongoose thought about it. Uh, yes, we get the input on all of these file cards. We get the input of my dad, who's a retired Lieutenant Colonel in the Army. Uh, here are his thoughts. It does not make sense that an O3 doctor would have a second MOS of chaplain's assistant. A chaplain's assistant is usually an E4 or E5 that has related religious experience and primarily has administrative duties. Doc may augment the chaplain's responsibilities on a case-by-case -case basis. Mental issues such as PTSD. Hmm. All right. So, uh, once again, taking a little issue with one aspect of the file card, and, and that's <laughs> why we enjoy getting that feedback so much. And I'll tell you, so today, uh, I, like I said, I had to explain to my dad the whole wire, the characters, like, why is there another Grand Slam? Why is there another mm. Grunt? Skip those. Do these. Um, and he asked me, and we'll, we'll get into this in the next few weeks here. He had a very specific question about one of the file cards that I sent him. And it led to an interesting conversation that will be elaborated upon in a future mm. rank and file card. And now, 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 it is time that we go beyond the 80s, where we take a look at uh, figures, vehicles, play sets, uh, anything G.I. Joe related. 
that kind of took place after the heyday of our collecting period. And so today's uh, Beyond the 80s was voted on by members of our Audible Army. And they wanted to have us take a look at the 1997 Mission Packs, which, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't remember these at all. I remember like the three packs of figures and stuff, seeing those when I would go into Toys R Us. These were a complete and total surprise. So I was actively collecting when these came out. And I'm not entirely sure why I didn't buy them. Well, I, I, can, I can see a couple of things that are very, very questionable. But I still don't know why those things kept me from purchasing these because I never had any of these three sets. Uh, and I'm really well, trying to dig into my brain and figure out why I wouldn't have bought them because I can't imagine they were more than like 10 bucks. Well, I know why I wouldn't have bought the first one. And I'm sorry to all of our listeners who are a fan of this vehicle. Oh, no. Uh, but first up is the Army Recon mission with Duke and the Silver Mirage Motorcycle. I didn't like the original release of that motorcycle. I don't know. To me, the Ram is a military motorcycle. Uh, we With this set, we do learn that Duke is not a natural blonde. And that <laughs> when he spends too much time out in the fields, uh, he becomes a brunette. Well, we do that uh, from Tiger Force as well, because Tiger Force oh, Duke is also a brunette. Yeah, I mean, it's... So right here... You can't see it in in the pack. There you go. This thing is just covered in stickers. That's and <laughs> probably why I didn't buy it, because these they're, they're just paper. For those who are not watching on AudibleArmy.com... Uh, there's just these big white paper stickers all over this thing. Yeah, they're not clear background like, you know, the original Joe vehicles. It these... looks like a child printed mm -hmm. the original sticker sheet up on a piece of paper, cut it out, and glued them on. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I was hoping at least for this one, the two of you would have something good to say. Well, okay, so I will say this about it. Uh, I do like the color update. I think the black and silver, like removing the olive drab from the whole thing, just it creates a different, interesting look. Um, I was a huge fan of the Silver Mirage. I love the fact that it had the sidecar. Motorcycle sidecars were really cool to me when I was a kid for whatever reason. And just being able to put more than one figure on something was always a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the big cannon on the sidecar, the rockets, like it, well, it's got, it's got the two missiles on the sidecar. It's got the two missiles on the motorcycle itself, which of course would blast the person's legs off when they <laughs> fired, but we don't worry about that kind of thing in GI Joe. 
uh, I love the weird back armor thing. Like, I like that. There's the original version of this. I'm a big fan of, and this new color scheme, I think is pretty cool. It's just the stickers that ruin it. Yeah. I like the I, black uh, updates to where it's just, I mean, it's essentially just silver and black or all the colors on it. And that's, that's cool. I mean, the other one had the green, which, which also looked good. Um, yeah. I, I never had a silver Mirage as a kid. Um, if I, like, I don't remember ever seeing these either in the store, but also I walked into a Toys R Us in 1997, saw that Stars and Stripes set, said nope, and walked out and never looked at G.I. <laughs> Joe again for several years because uh, that was all it took to drive me away. But if this had been the stuff that I saw in the stores first, not necessarily this one, um, the vehicle, but uh, I mean, I might have picked it up because I never had a Silver Mirage as a kid and I never had a Trouble Level as a kid. So, you know, those are ones that I, I probably Oiler would have, alert. Uh, to get. Oh yeah, well. <laughs> well, before we we'll, we'll before get, we get there. To that, real quickly, I do want to say I do I do like the new artwork that they put on the package with Roblox mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. uh blasting the cannon. Like there is without it being pardon the expression extreme, there is something very 90s looking to that versus yeah. the original. When I like, I like the Duke color scheme too, because again, it does look very 90s, but they also kind of stuck with shades of military colors. Like you could, you could see that that's he's still he's still got a kind of a basic army color palette. Even though, which he's a by the way, brighter. does not match the figure at all. Oh, I'm talking about the figure itself, but yeah, the, oh, well, the, the, the but yeah, the one on the on the packaging. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> it's nothing like the figure. Well, let's take a closer look at the right. figure now. So, as his, Bill pointed out, blood, I like his oxblood boots. Yeah, I, mm. the the camo on his pants, I I don't think is terrible compared to some of the other ones that we've seen. Um, as far as Duke figures go, I don't think this is a bad one. It's a, it's not a bad figure. It's just not a good Duke. <laughs> Was there a good Duke? Oh, come on now. <laughs> come on. We'll come find on, out. V5. When, night. when, <laughs> when we do well, yeah. our special six hour America's Elite <laughs> on Duke. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, I like how his sleeves just end. Yeah. Like they're I was trying to not... figure that out. <laughs> yeah, because his original figure had long sleeves. Right. And this one, instead of, yeah, they, they, they just didn't paint anything below the swivel arm. Yeah, he's he has somebody else's arms from the bicep down. And it's not there's no sculpt or anything for the end of the sleeve. It's just that's not sleeve anymore. They couldn't even paint like the watch right. wristband, whatever well, it is, on his other know. arm. Does it have a little silver? It almost looks like. Uh, I'm not saying it's well done. Yeah, the arms I are from gung-ho. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. So, yeah, there's uh, the Silver Mirage and Duke. And next up, 
Okay, so next up, we have the Night Landings Seal Raft with Torpedo. Now, this one, uh, I dig. Once again, I absolutely would not have put the stickers on it. Uh, because They it's, come on it. They Oh, yeah, that would have been Goo Gone. <laughs> the the first day because <laughs> I you know the night landing the Cobra night landing was cool in that dark blue but this in the black I like even more but the white stickers so even bad. in gray tone just <laughs> really stick out and I like <laughs> the idea of the like if they had done that cool grayscale G.I. Joe logo on a transparent yeah label that like, would have been yeah very cool mm -hmm. uh and it does come with different accessories than what the original night landing came with so uh he's got a radio and a seal knife um the gun for the front is the same well, and uh, I think the radio came with the original too. Didn't oh, did it? it? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think I think all the I think pretty much all the accessories were part of the original one too. The radio had the shovel, the, the submachine gun. Mm. But obviously, those are always the the first things lost because uh, finding a, a complete night landing with the accessories is a fun challenge sometimes, and you're going to pay yeah. a pretty penny. Because most of the ones I look at on eBay don't have anything but the gun and the yeah, oars. Well, it looks like all this one has, as the far knife, as just extra accessories, it, does it even have the knife? Yeah, this it one does has in one of the pictures. Knife. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, I just pulled up the original. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, it does have the, the pure weird. It so the Joe version is missing, ba ba ba, the tactical shovel. Oh, <laughs> brutal! How dare you! So, this is one I maybe I didn't see these in a store either because I cannot imagine me not buying this. I loved the night landing craft when I was a kid. I just can't see me not buying this one, even with the ugly stickers on it. So maybe, maybe these were a little harder to find than I'm thinking they were. And then we get a really nice repaint of torpedo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I love that torpedo. I love those those little red lines, the piping. Yeah, um, and that that like dark gray with the black. Yeah, if yeah, I had seen this torpedo yeah. in the store, I probably would have bought this set. Mm -hmm. And then finally. Wait, we didn't get to the artwork for this one that clearly is just uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Firefly <laughs> right, painted right. in Torpedo's colors. He even has Firefly as a little saboteur backpack. So, yeah, yeah. They, they just kind of recycled some art and did a couple of Photoshop touches. You mean, you mean Saba Seal backpack? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, and you know what? Something I wanted to point out, uh, if you notice the cool gold foil burst that's on all three of these, mm -hmm. just a nice yeah. classy little thing. Wait, didn't the three packs have that as well? I think 
Because that part was not a surprise to me because I can remember seeing multi-packs in Toys R Us with that. Um, or maybe just I saw the Silver Mirage and I blocked it out. <laughs> no, I, I would be willing to bet the three packs. Uh, the three packs had the foil as well. Yeah, they did. They did. I'm looking right now. So yeah, that and, was across the line at the time. And lastly, we have the flight pod with the Cobra Viper. So this is the trouble double trouble bubble. Uh, <laughs> Cast in uh, gray and gunmetal camo, which I really like. It looks great. Yeah. Once mm -hmm. again, though, get those stickers off. The stickers aren't as garish as the Joe ones because it's mostly uh, looks like the Cobra symbol. So it only has like a thin uh, white border around them. But the red just pops too much from yeah. that camo that it's distracting, at least to me. But without the stickers, this I would want to own. You've also got an opaque sticker that's right in front of where the person is going to be looking right. out when they're flying. <laughs> 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 uh, I can't see through this. That does seem like uh, very Cobra moves though yeah mm -hmm. uh but yeah this is another one i i just can't imagine me 21 years old fresh back into gi joe i can't imagine me not buying this uh and this is even a good viper i was gonna say i'm sure that you yeah. would have jumped at the purple viper right so yeah i i just I feel like I remember seeing them in the store and I just can't put together why I don't own them or didn't know. Well, no, I would still have these cause I've still got all my Joes from this era. Well, and um, they were only released that one year. So if yeah. they were, if they were hard to find, it's not like, you know, Oh, let me wait when the next wave comes out and then these will be on the shelves. Like it was probably, if you saw them, that was your one chance. I remember what happened. Um, so I had my Stars and Stripes set that I had gotten. And I, Noel and I were still relatively new to each other. We had just gotten to know each other, seen each other around the masquerade. And uh, I said, check out this new G.I. Joe set I got. And he said, that is stupid. And anybody who buys any G.I. Joe is an idiot because of that set. And I went, oh, <laughs> I went back home and I didn't buy any more Joes for several months until I got over Noel's cruel abuse. I'm telling you, Angry Noel is my favorite Noel. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Noel is terrifying because it doesn't happen all that often. Uh, so uh, according to uh, Yojo.com, the retail cost of these were $9.99. Which that's yeah. I imagine even for 1997, that is a really good deal. I feel like, yeah, 
I mean, you figure that these were when when these vehicles and figures first came out, they were both like three to three ninety nine a piece because mm-hmm. these small vehicles used to be like two ninety nine in a box with no with no figure. So you know, in a little over ten years, an inflation rate of about you know thirty forty percent that's normal. Yeah, well, I feel like by nineteen ninety seven we were probably already hitting like five six dollars. We well, also had like sixty cent gas think... in 1997, so oil was cheap at this point. Yeah, I don't think we were up to five or six dollars a figure yet. I don't think that oh. happened until like 2003 or four. Mm-hmm. I think it was years before they got that high. I'm not saying they were 2.99, right? But I feel like like a single three and three quarter inch figure was probably right. hovering right around five bucks at this time, maybe. I guess so. Five, yeah, five bucks. You're probably right. Yeah, well, they, and they weren't even selling like single carded figures. Well, yeah, that's size. the other thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. These were all multi. I mean, just about every figure was going to be six inches or bigger, five or six inches or bigger at this point in time. Yeah. I how much the three was... Well, I guess Star Wars had already. We, been, Star Wars was out at this point, so those were about three ninety nine, weren't they? And Toy Biz was still running with. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah Marvel were, Legends. The Marvel were like five dollars, right? Yeah. Well, but it looks like this is when they were running like their. I don't know if. Did Marvel Legends hit yet? Because it looks like in 1997, this is when they were doing like the Marvel Hall of Fame line. Oh, okay, I think okay. Spider-Man was still going. X-Men was still going. So, yeah, I don't know when Spider-Man Classics started. That might not have been until like 99 or something. I don't know. We're not here to talk about Marvel timelines. No. Although, ah. although toy pricing is always an interesting conversation. Uh, I cannot find how much these three packs were at the time. If you're listening, shoot us a message message at Audible Interlude Podcast and let us know. Or tune into our live stream uh, on the 19th and give us some feedback on that. And if any of you own one of these, I would love to hear your thoughts on them. Yeah, definitely. Put up a picture on Instagram and tag us in it. We'd love to see it. So that is the 1997 mission packs. So out of out of these sets, if you could just snap your fingers and have one appear in front of you, which one would you would you snap at? The night landing. Yeah, man, it's oh, so wow. close, okay. but I really Yeah. Now would you would you get the night landing in order like toy hacks? labels to put on it yes probably i would go with the flight pod even though i've got several flight pods i don't have this one and i don't have that viper uh as a matter of fact if i can find this for anything approaching a reasonable price i I might just pick it up anyway and do a review on audiblearmy.com which is where the vote happened for us to do this beyond the 80s segment
You guys, I am so excited right now because I came up with the idea for this segment. Now, this is this is a topic we've discussed sort of casually before. People have brought it up for sound offs or it's something that we've just speculated on. But now with the time that we're living in and all of the different varieties of O-ring figures that are coming out, I think it's time for us to say, let's freaking go ring. This is a new segment where each time we, uh, one of us will choose a franchise and it can be from any era. It can be modern. It can be from the eighties, whatever. Uh, and we are going to discuss what a current O-ring toy line might encompass. We're not necessarily looking for it to have happened back in the eighties. This is something that could come out now with any luck, uh, because I wanted everybody to sort of get the flavor of what I'm going for here. I am going to kick it off with the very first let's freaking go ring with RoboCop, the future of law enforcement. I am so excited about this idea. I, I mean, first of all, RoboCop, yes, there have been RoboCop toys, lots of them throughout the years, but there hasn't been anything that was particularly faithful to the movies uh, aside from NECA's releases that are pretty much just RoboCop and Ed 209. We need more. We deserve more. RoboCop is on my short list of perfect movies. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I watch it several times a year, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. And there's so much to be mined for an O-ring toy line. Series one, this is what I've got laid out we can discuss series one would be officer Murphy, officer Lewis, RoboCop, Clarence Boddicker, Emil Antonowski, and Joe Cox. So I'm doing six figure waves. However, and if you don't know, Emil and Joe are two of Clarence Boddicker's uh, gang member uh, bad guys. Then the, these uh, six figures would be accompanied by a Detroit Police Department patrol cruiser and a 6,000 SUX. And then finally, in this first wave, this launch, there would be a role play item of RoboCop's voice changing helmet and blaster. Because <laughs> I just want to see little kids walking around with a RoboCop <laughs> helmet on and a big blaster. And they totally would. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then there would be the uh, San Diego Comic-Con launch exclusive It's Not My Problem playset with Bixby Snyder, Girl Number 1, and Girl Number 2. <laughs> I was wondering if Bixby Snyder was going to be in your, in your first course. wave here. <laughs> Look, if this went on long enough, every single character in that movie, including the family playing Nukem, uh, <laughs> would be made. I so, had uh, I was I was just fascinated because it's been a while since I've I've watched RoboCop last and I'd forgotten how many characters are in the movie. Yes, <laughs> there's so many people in that movie. It's loaded. There are yeah. tons. I look. I have got three waves of of uh, characters set up here. So, but let's talk about this series one. I want obviously Murphy and Lewis. Now Murphy may not be an obvious choice because pre RoboCop. Officer Murphy, 
maybe you don't think is that exciting, but it's the Peter Weller head, which may or may not have a likeness for O-rings. You know, that's not critical. But what, what we're getting with Murphy and Lewis are Detroit police officer bucks that we can use later in the line for other cop figures. So we want to go ahead and get those done and their name characters that people will buy. Obviously, you got to have a RoboCop, and this is just RoboCop as he looks O-ring style. Clarence Boddicker never had a figure. One of the greatest villains in the history of cinema never had a figure. Uh, and and I, email... Only because, you know, me and my deep dives, the thought of having a Clarence Boddicker action figure excites me because that makes me one step closer to having a Beans Baxter action figure. <laughs> if anyone remembers a very short-lived Fox series. Oh my where, gosh. Where Kurt Wood Smith also played a villain. Oh, and a very wow. indeed. I'd forgotten about that show. Well, and maybe someday we could get Red and Kitty. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Emil and Joe, uh, two more gang members. And then I want I want the two cars because that's huge play value. And the cars do not come with figures because you just stick whichever figures you want in the cars. The Obviously, the police cruisers for Murphy and uh, Lewis. But then the 6000 SUX, well, anybody can drive that. But clearly, the bad guys are going to be riding around in it as they do later in the movie. All right. Series two. Battle damaged Robocop. Because we can use a lot of the tooling from that first Robocop figure. Uh, just make a few little differences. Uh, we're good to go. Dick Jones. It's like the Batman toy lines where there's always going to be a Batman in every line. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Dick Jones. Because everybody loves a guy in a suit in a toy line. You need a Ronnie Cox action figure. We're, well, you really do, uh, which, you know, we'll, I'm sure in one of these segments, we'll get to Total Recall. Uh, so let's go ahead and lock Ronnie Cox down. Uh, Bob Morton, another tremendous villainous, but not super villainous, but pretty bad guy, but not really. Uh, Donald Johnson, who, in my opinion, is the actual star of RoboCop. And then Toxic Immel, because you need melted Toxic Waste Immel. And then Battle Damaged Clarence, which would be Clarence Boddicker after he gets beaten up by RoboCop. He's going to have cracked glasses, be a little bloody. Mostly the same tooling as the first Clarence Boddicker, but just a couple, maybe a different head. Uh, and maybe some difference on his torso. Maybe he's a little beaten up. I don't know. Um and then accompanied by Ed 209 with Mr. Kinney, which has already been done as a toy, believe it or not, but it was not O-Ring. Uh, but this yeah, I was, I was surprised that you had restraint to keep Ed 209 and you know, off till the second wave. Well, I think because he's a heavy hitter, or it's a heavy hitter. The first wave, you know, your heavy hitters are really Clarence and RoboCop. Uh, and then people are just going to want the others just because. Series two, we needed to have one really like must-have item, and that's what this was. Now, this Ed 209 
is not going to be like scaled with the figures. It's going to be a little smaller. It's going to, this is going to be more like a figure two pack than a big giant Ed 209 light. Cause I think that's how it would be done in the O-ring line. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it would be the same size as the O-ring figures. It would be like maybe the size of the snake armor. Like it okay. wouldn't be five times as big as your RoboCop figure because I don't think that's how it would be done. I mean, I think uh, that you could eventually do that. Well, yes, of course. Later on, there's going to be. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get <laughs> well to it. because you you mentioned melting Emil. So when you mentioned that you wanted to do RoboCop. When I thought about what would I want to see in an O-ring line, I actually had a hard time. The only thing my brain could focus on, since I am a playset guy, is the whatever you want to call it, Alley Robocop Alley playset. I, I call where it the you, Toxic Factory playset. There you go. <laughs> and and you have you you have uh breakaway canisters, right? So your car can run into it. Yes. These fall apart. Slime, because every kid loves slime, comes out, and inside the slime is a slug of melted emo. So you can pull him out. And be all. Well, let, let me go ahead and tell you about the series three playset. Oh yes, which is Toxic Factory playset with Toxic Sludge, Glow in the Dark Toxic Immel, and Armored Up RoboCop. Yes. Now, Armored Up <laughs> is a concept we're introducing in the third wave, but we'll get to that. To round out our uh, our series two, so we got Ed two hundred nine with Mister Kinney, the OCP boardroom playset with the old man, <laughs> because lots of exciting scenes in the movie happen in that boardroom. Yes, yes they do. That's where Mister Kinney meets his fate. That's where RoboCop shows up to terminate Dick Jones. Like, there's a lot of play value in that boardroom. Uh, and then finally, role play. A battle-damaged RoboCop voice-changing helmet and blaster, which is just a repaint of the first release, just with, like, splotchy stuff on it. And yes, I know, battle-damaged RoboCop doesn't have his helmet on. Nobody cares. (laughs) Uh, And then our our SDCC, our San Diego Comic-Con exclusive for this year is the Powder Factory playset with Sal and Powdered RoboCop. (laughs) (laughs) is it sugar is it flour i don't know but it's a powder factory but i want sal with his little glass of wine that moniker dips his fingers into uh okay so that brings us to our third year of robocop o-ring series three uh steve min who is the final member of clarence boddicker's gang for now Detroit Thug, who is reusing body parts from other members of Clarence Boddicker's gang and will come with four different heads mm-hmm. uh, and also weapons that we've already issued in past releases. So this is it's got four new heads, but everything else is just a repack. We're doing sample heads, but 
O-ring style, so you do have to take the figure completely yes. apart. Yes, just just like the uh, the the wolf wolf, uh, wolf trooper, yeah, wolf trooper, yeah. Uh, a vac metal RoboCop, mm. armored mm. up Lewis. So the armored up series features snap on pieces. So this is the original Lewis figure, but she comes with it's basically like RoboCop's armor but it snaps onto the figure to make an armored up Lewis, which is not from the movie at all, but who cares? I'm picturing it like the, the toy biz Iron Man. Yes. Fine. With some yes. back metal exactly. armor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sergeant Reed. Cause you need Sergeant Reed, uh, a Detroit police officer, which is also sculpt reuse. Uh, it's the Murphy body. Four different heads, same weapons we've seen before. Uh, we already talked about the Toxic Factory playset uh, with Toxic Sludge, Glow in the Dark, Toxic Immel, which is the same Immel we already released. This one just glows in the dark. Uh, an armored up RoboCop. And this RoboCop, it's the same RoboCop figure, but it has clip-on vac metal armor pieces to make him like bulkier and more weapony. Uh, and then our role play for this year is a glow-in-the-dark RoboCop voice-changing helmet and blaster. <laughs> and then finally, my for my third year San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, it is Clarence Boddicker's van with Flying Bobby. It's going to have a little <laughs> spring-loaded catapult in the back of the van. You put Bobby on it and press the button, and it shoots him out the doors to land on the front of the Detroit police car. I like it. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a dollar, buddy. <laughs> so uh, any, anything I missed? Any thoughts? Any elaboration? I mean, it's pretty, I'm, it's pretty all-inclusive. Uh, it has been a while since I've seen RoboCop. You guys, uh, come on. I was like, I was wondering if you were going to expand beyond the first movie and maybe do some of the characters I, from the sequels. I thought, see, I would love to do um, the punks that throw name? the Molotov cocktails at him. I'd love to have those guys in. Yeah, and Jetpack RoboCop and the the villain from the second one, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of material, but I wanted to try and stick mostly to things from the first movie or inspired by the first movie mm -hmm. okay because i was looking at the cast um and i feel like i don't know how you shoehorn them in uh but you need the john glover because he seems to play a character in each robocop movie yeah and John Glover is awesome. And that gets us one step closer to a Gremlins 2 toy line. <laughs> well, I mean, I that, that exists. We just aren't going to get a scale. Uh, An O-ring. Whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Gremlins. Want, Let's go. I want that bomb disposal, the bomb disposal truck that uh, from the scene in robocop 2 as well yeah where... there well there's a lot of material from Robo robocop 2 kane is the yeah. villain in that one and that would be yes. awesome i also want figures of all the failed robocops <laughs> uh 
um it's very similar to the uh scene in i think it's iron man 2 where they're showing the different attempts at iron man suits across mm-hmm. the world robocop did it first robocop 2 has an amazing scene of uh failed robocop analogs all right well that was our first installment of as i forgot to change the banner <laughs> let's freaking go ring Welcome to the end of the show, where knowing is half the babble. Uh, This is the segment where each of us get a little bit of time to talk about anything that we want that may not even be G.I. Joe related. Uh, Noel, do you want to kick us off this time? Sure. Um, I'm just going to share something I found uh, online here over the past week, and some of you may have seen it. Um, And it's uh, it's somebody by the name who goes by the name of Plastic Fantastic, although it's PL. 4-S-T-I-C, F-4-N-T, 4-S-T-I-C. So it's Plastic Fantastic, except all the A's are are fours. Um, Plastic Fantastic has created a uh, a classified scale model of the pit. And I've seen pictures of it on Reddit. I've seen it on uh, on a couple of the Histank forums. It's been shared on Facebook as well. Um, But if you look up uh, classified pit and just type plastic fantastic i think it'll come up even without the fours um and you can see what he's done of, co- of course obviously it's not full size as it's the uh, as it would be feet tall no no but it does have like several levels he's also got several vehicles that have not yet been released he's got a vamp in there he's got uh, uh a wolverine uh to scale but it's a it's 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 a beautiful little creation. So I just googled not... it and came up with mystery flesh pit, and I'm not clicking on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will I will share uh, please, images. Please send of... me a link. Yes, uh, I'm going to open this image here, and I will send that in our little chat, and we can um, yes, maybe share that with the with the readers. Uh, or the readers, the listeners, um, if you'd like. Holy. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, I like it. So that's probably what? About four, 20, five feet tall. 30, 40. Yeah, probably like five, five feet tall or so. Yeah, that's very cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. He's got his little, this guy's little barracks down at the bottom. He's got uh, the, the sick bay. Uh, your motor pool and all that, but uh, and with the with the risers to Let's lift the vehicles up to the share this for the people. For for the folks at audiblearmy dot com. What? Hey, let's do that. Let's do that hey, instead. Well, now it's still like super <laughs> tiny. This is not. Yeah. This is not helpful for anybody. Yeah, well, uh, so if you, just, you have to extract the image out of that instead of it displaying the whole page. Unfortunately, it does that when you share that image. I just opened image in new tab, and it still didn't. Uh, yeah, it does the same thing. Oh, well. All right, yeah. well, everybody just Google uh, Plastic Fantastic Classified Pit. Do not click on the first thing that comes up. 
um, and check that out. It looks very cool. Uh, all right. So my babble is I am really sick of waiting for these people to ship my pre-orders, stuff that I've already paid for my Mezco 112 Collective Snake Eyes. They started processing them a week ago. Mine still has not shipped, and I, I prepaid for it. I use PayPal because when I can go ahead and pay for a pre-order that I know I'm 100% going to want, I like to pay for it up front. Uh, and in this instance, maybe it wasn't a great idea. So Mezco, get on it, please. Um, Mattel, I was going to complain about them not shipping my dang Eternia, but they shipped it just a few hours ago. Well, they printed a shipping label for it a few hours ago. Who knows when it's actually going to ship? And oh, speaking, I hate that. Yeah, it drives me nuts. FedEx. And speaking of FedEx, FedEx has been sitting on an item I purchased on Mercari last week. It was supposed to be here Saturday. It's now Monday, and it's rolling around North Carolina somewhere. It was supposed, it's like, originally it said delivery on Saturday, and now it's still not here. Uh, and then finally, Ringside Collectibles has had AEW Unmatched Series 8 in stock for over a week, and I don't even have a shipping notice yet. Other people are finding them in Target. Which the whole point of ringside is you pay a little extra and you get them like sometimes three months early. But it's to guarantee you get the figures and it's to get them before they hit retail. People are finding these figures at Targets now. Now, granted, I'm not finding them at Target and I probably never will. But ringside, send me my figures. So anyway, that's my babble. Stop sitting on my stuff and send it to me. Christian. That... The one with the printing label is the one that gets me. Like, I get annoyed enough when FedEx is doing the, oh, my package is is sitting in the same spot for a week. Right. But when I see that a shipping label has been printed and then days go by and it hasn't been picked well, up. You get the email that says your item has shipped. But then you go look at the tracking and it says, we don't have your item yet. And then it says that for like five more days. Right. Well, Because all they do is print. I'm selling stuff on eBay right now. And as soon as I get paid for something and I have access to my printer, the first thing I do is I just go through and I purchase the the, the shipping label. Yeah. Um, Because it's right there. I have it. And to the person who bought the item from me, it says the item shipped. So it could be 20 minutes after they purchased it. Granted. I'm not going to take it to the post office for another day or two, but it's going to be there. You slacker. I mean, I do. I do it as soon as I can. But if they if they pay me on a Saturday night, that thing's not going to the post office till Monday at the earliest. Well, I'll cut eBay slack because that is mostly just individual people. It's it's businesses where I I throw that side eye. Well, yeah, it's the same thing though. It's it's the same it's the same concept. Once they've printed that shipping label, that indicates that the item is now en route, but it hasn't gotten scanned in at any facility yet. So, for my babble, uh, I already kind of mentioned him uh, earlier on in the show, but I discovered a YouTuber. Uh, his name is. I'm assuming it's Scorpio, but it's spelled X-K-O-R-P-E-O. He has a lot of Marvel Legend mods to do with your figures, but he has a video 
not just on how to mod nunchucks, nunchucks, but a few uh, body things you can do to him to get more posability. Uh, he, and he has a few other Joe custom mods in there, like uh, things you can do with the uh, trouble bubble to attach the bomb. Uh, he's got one for... It's called glue. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the bomb. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Um, and and Vipra, how to be able to get more motion out of yeah. her. So interesting. For any of you out there like me that uh occasionally like to risk your figures with a little <laughs> modification, I, I do say check him out uh because he's got some good tips. Very cool. What was that again? It's X. C O R P E O. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another fantastic episode of Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. Uh, please check out audiblearmy.com. $1.99 a month is the only tier we have, the only tier you need. It gets you my show notes before each episode is released early and ad-free access to all audio episodes, exclusive video access to recordings of audio episodes like this one right here, early access to all G.I. Joe reviews on the Needless Things YouTube channel, the opportunity to vote on content for the show, and early access to Audible Interlude merch. Go check it out, audiblearmy.com. Christian, where can we find that toy photography you do so well? You can find me on Instagram and Flickr under the name Legion Cub. And Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming club, and we raise money for a great organization called Canines for Warriors. And we will be uh, at uh, Toylanta. So if you're there for our Audible Interlude show, our live podcast, you can also drop by our booth and help us raise money for this fantastic charity. You guys, this is always a high point of my week sitting here and talking to you about G.I. Joe. Uh, thanks to everybody listening or watching on AudibleArmy.com. Nolan Christian, thank you so much for being a part of this uh, just awesome experience that we have every single week. Until next time, yo, Joe! Nollywood. Hooray, hooray, hooray for Nollywood. <laughs> We're going to get sued for copyright stuff. <laughs> we got to stop. <laughs>